Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited about today's conversation. Lean in. Today is such an important topic. Leadership Pathway, that's the sponsor of today's episode. They're helping young leaders across the country take their best steps and their first steps into healthy ministry through launching quality residency programs and coaching in the first three years of ministry. If you have anyone on your team who's in the first three years of their ministry, I want you to think about that. Do you have any of those people? Or maybe they're just starting with you. Do not wait to get them a coach to help them face the unique challenges of starting in ministry. Reality is that we all know that those people who can make it to the third year will probably make it 10, 20 years or longer, but so many quit. A lot of my friends quit when they first got started or got fired because they didn't understand, didn't grasp the bigger picture. You're busy. You don't have it. Have time to lean in with these people. These guys get it. Leadership Pathway gets it. Let them help. A hundred bucks a month. Listen, he's crazy. Is nothing compared to the long-term cost of a young leader quitting or getting fired in the first three years. Leadership Pathway team has been working with thousands of leaders of the country. They worked with hundreds of churches on a variety of topics. They know Gen Z. They get the millennials. They are working with this age group and want to help coach them in your church. This is what I want you to do. Go over to leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary and everything you need is right there. That's leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary. It's all there, ready to go. They want to help the leaders in your church who are in their 20s, in their first three years of ministry. Reach out to them today. They want to help you. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have tuned in today. You know, every week, Our goal is to bring you a different leader to help inspire and inform you, and today is no exception. Super excited to have Pastor Daryl rolling with us. He is from Rock Bridge Church. It's a fantastic church with, I think, six locations, if I can count right, in Georgia and Tennessee, uh, as well as a Spanish service, which is really cool. Uh, And Daryl is the executive pastor there. Daryl, welcome to the show. So glad you're here today. Thanks for having me, Rich. What I'd love to do is start with kind of tell us a little bit about the church, give us a flavor for Rock Bridge, and give us a you know kind of a framework of your role there. Yeah, yeah. Rock Bridge is about eighteen years old now, uh, going on nineteen, and it was really founded out of a, um, a local uh, person here in Dalton, Georgia, who came back from uh, the Navy and just felt that in some of the smaller communities around that. Church was no longer relevant, and he wanted to create a ministry that was really relevant to them and to do it in small towns because, um, as we all know, a small town church planners, it's difficult for them to go there and raise funds to, to kick off a church on their own. And generally, mega churches aren't going to go to small towns either. Uh, so we, we feel like that those people are worth it, and so that's kind of been our mission to reach all walks of life. Uh, in those communities. And so Matt uh, and his wife, Beth, launched a church and um, launched it in Dalton. And then over time, it's just kind of grown to these six locations. We are a non-denominational church. Um, so we're, we're a church that still has some Southern Baptist ties and connections there with the uh, roots of Matt. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yet, um, we are autonomous. Don't. So we we just our goal is just to reach all walks of life and impact communities. Hmm. Very cool. Well, a part of the role of an executive pastor is the kind of management of and kind of leadership, kind of pace setting around staff, particularly. One of the things we want to talk about today is how do we help our staffs uh, continue to grow and continue to grow as people in their spiritual life as a team? So can you kind of talk me through what has your process been? What kind of what, what have you been following as you've kind of engaged, particularly on those issues uh, around you know around the leadership there at, at Rockbridge. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. And I think um, for me, one of the foundational pieces. I think it was, um, gosh, Brigadier General's Bo Mahaney's tenets of leadership. He had a, a one of those four was if you take care of the people, they will take care of the mission. And I kind of hung on to that years ago and just um, felt like the church needs to lead the way in caring for people. Um, mm-hmm. And if you care for them, then they're going to care for that mission and they're going to make a greater impact. So um, as I began my exec- executive pastor journey 15, 20 years ago, I found a couple mentors and one of them was um, uh, Dan Rollin. Mm-hmm. As you know, Dan, I mean, he's like the ultimate executive pastor. Yes. He, he gave me a book um, as I was starting this journey and said, you need to read it. And it was Emotionally right. Healthy Leader. Mm-hmm. And that book just transformed me as a leader and it really dug out some of those uh, dark places and helped me to really examine myself uh, so that I could uh, be a better leader for Christ as well. So what I've done over this these years is try to focus on the people and get a spiritually healthy first. Mm-hmm. And what practically has that looked like when you, so how, how long have you been at the church? When did you come to, to Rockbridge? Yeah, I came in the late summer of 2018. So about a little over two years ago now. The last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So what process have you uh, taken, you know, even from when you first came to, to try to, um, you know, help give this kind of emphasis to, you know, to the staff team there at the yeah. church? Yeah. Well, first I just kind of spent some time just watching, evaluating, talking to people. Looking mm-hmm. at how we were relationally, spiritually, even how we collaborate, and to kind of understand mm-hmm. where we are first. Mm-hmm. And after doing that, I really felt like uh, we needed to move through emotionally healthy leader. And then so we mm-hmm. focused our staff retreat around it. Um, mm-hmm. So we read the book in advance, um, dug into it individually, had uh, groups that we were at staff chapel uh, that we were having every week. We would just start talking about them in our groups and uncovering it. So when we came to the retreat, we were able to kind of dig deeper with it. And to back up a little bit of that, it kind of, some of it was kind of identified in the late fall, uh, early winter of 2018. Um, mm. we were starting to hear, you know, just rumblings or little things and all from our staff about how we really missed the target and caring for people. They didn't feel like they were nurtured they didn't feel like they were heard you know i submitted a prayer request and nobody called me back or things Mm -hmm. of that nature so through through prayer our executive leadership team just felt like we needed to call our staff to repentance and prayer oh well and so we just spent uh we decided to do chapel every week and spent time just praying and uh repenting and seeking god for the next step and then just kind of moved into some of the uh emotionally healthy leadership principles. Hmm. That's, that's incredible. So the, the staff 
uh, chapel. Kind of pull that apart a little bit more. Tell me a bit, a bit about kind of how that pulled together and, and, you know, what happened in that and how, you know, how did that, and has that continued today? Kind of talk through that a little bit. That's interesting. Yeah. We, we were doing an all staff meeting once a month, like many multi-site mm-hmm. churches do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this season, we just felt it was important for us to gather together and really spiritually develop each other. And Matt, our lead pastor, he, uh, each week would have a spiritual leadership or just a spiritual development piece that maybe 15, 20 minutes that he would speak to us on. Then we'd break up in groups, what we called uh, B groups. And uh-huh. one of our um, one of our sayings around our, our church is, we want to be before God before we do anything for God. Mm. Oh, that's and, good. And so it's driven home in everything we do, and it's an expectation. Um, so that in those B groups, we would talk about how, that, how we relate to that in our ministries. We'd pray for each other. Just kind of pour your heart out to each other to build those relationships. But of course, when you do that, you kind of bond together stronger as a staff. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we would we'd probably spend anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes in worship together. So it wow. was like oh, our weekly church service there as well. So it, it poured into us uh, a good bit. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really cool. So then you went away on a retreat together. Uh, t- talk us through that. What did that look like? What did you learn from that? Where, you know, give us kind of pull that apart a little bit too for us. Yeah. On the retreat we took uh, and kind of broke it up into two or three segments and just had uh, short topics and again, broke off into groups and prayed together, worshiped together and just kind of repeated what we were doing at chapel as if it was an all day type event and an overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it just continued on. And then coming out of that, I took some time and uh, recrafted our annual staff reviews, our monthly one-on-ones. Everything we do now has um, Sabbath, B-time, all these principles we come out of emotionally healthy spirituality uh, Mm -hmm. incorporated in there. Because if you really want your staff to be spiritually strong Mm -hmm. and to live out these principles, we should hold them accountable too. Right. And so coming out of that, we spend a lot of time in designing that uh, so that they're intertwined together. Uh, Every one-on-one, there's a conversation of of, uh, care and prayer. Uh, But also we go a little farther and say, how did you Sabbath last month? Mm. So it it holds us accountable. And term I like to use is editable. It allows us to mark each other up with red lines. (laughs) It's like, hey, here's some stuff we should be worrying about, thinking about. Now, what would you say, um, you know, in the principles that are outlined, you, you mentioned Sabbath. Um, what would you say in the principles that are talked about in Emotionally Healthy Leader have been the most difficult to kind of see people move forward in? Or, or has it been unique for each individual? Yeah, it has been unique because some people, as we walk through it, uh, discover some things in their lives or baggage they may have had at previous churches or leadership. Uh, that they had to walk through. So some folks, we, we said, we want to help you get counseling if you need it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a certified coach, so created some coaching environments uh, where it was a safe place to be able to help them uh, process some of those. Um, so those are probably the two biggest keys. The reminding everyone of the Sabbath, of the spiritual offices, as Pete Cesaro speaks of in his book, um, mm-hmm. and even looking at 2021, um, as we've been praying is we may, um, get to the point to say, you must have that on your calendar and it's 
on your daily calendar as a part of your work if we need to, because mm. it's that important to us. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was that was that kind of leads to the next question I was wondering about was how do you? So I think one of the things we we can struggle with in our roles as XPs is there's kind of the um, we want people to develop spiritually and we we need that to you know we we want um, you know that to happen because people are connected with our ministries and it should be hey this is a great life giving experience. There's that old say, saying people like the sausage but they don't like the sausage factory. <laughs> Sometimes the the church can actually be a distraction from people's spiritual development. It's like a you know it's a built in kind of problem that we all face. How have you wrestled that out? Being able to find that line as a as a team around you know performance and getting stuff done you know your church is growing you're making a difference you're doing all kinds of things um and you know so not only being able to deliver but then also help having people grow spiritually at the same time kind of talk that through or is that a false dichotomy and uh, you didn't struggle with that at all oh yeah right <laughs> i think i think it's an ongoing struggle that uh, all of us have and you know even after a year and a half or two years of us talking about we no longer focus on Sunday, it's the Monday through Thursday that feed into the Sunday. Mm, and that's good. we've talked about it for two years, but we still have to continually force ourselves, even the executive leadership team, to do that. So we redesigned our whole dashboard, everything we look at. But our executive leadership team dashboard does not have attendance numbers. Really? It's, it's in the data. You know, if you dig deeper into our right. metrics, you'll find it. But that front page, we're measuring hours in prayer, people in prayer groups, um, new people recruited and engaged in ministry. Um, our outreach is called Hope. Um, so we, you know, how many people are engaged in new hope initiatives? How many hope initiatives are you having in your community? Uh, what percentage of our volunteers are engaged in that? In groups, we're looking at engagement and participation as a big piece. And then the attendance will be a byproduct of all those things. Yes. Well, the thing the thing I love about that is, um, you know, that's a great distinction, I think, for leaders to catch a hold of. Oftentimes, attendance, um, or not oftentimes, attendance is always a lag factor. Mm-hmm. The attendance of your church is mm-hmm. a byproduct of other things that you've been doing as a church. And I love that you're... Uh, putting front and center the you know the things that you can actually control, like you're saying, prayer, people engagement, people in groups, that sort of thing. I love that. That's uh, you know that's really cool. Yeah, and I think um, we're we're seeing some of the benefit of that uh, right now in September through our prayer after coming out of COVID. Uh, the frustrations that ministers and staff feel um, of doing twice the work for half the results, you know, it's just it's just heavy. And so we just refocus on prayer again. So, okay, September, let's pray for 100 baptisms for balance a year. Let's mm, just very cool. pray in every environment. We pray in our groups. Uh, we do it on Sunday. And we just then uh, already we have a little over 90 with some of the queue and all. So we'll finish out with 100 and maybe more. Um, but it's amazing. really just through prayer, seeking him and and having those conversations he prompts us to. So. Um, we have to continually refocus it. Uh, that battle is ongoing. Hmm. I wonder if you could if you could dive a little bit into your one-on-one strategy and annual reviews. Um, those two pieces are critical for seeing our teams both aligned in what we're doing and then developed as people. 
how are you? And, and oftentimes, you know, as an executive pastor, a part of what we're doing is trying to encourage managers who maybe haven't managed people before or are unaware of how to do that. And they may not, um, they maybe haven't had that modeled well for them in the past. How have you helped kind of push a healthy one-on-one culture? And what are some of your kind of benchmarks around that? And then how does that lead into the annual review process? And how does that all fit together with what you're doing here, trying to help uh, your team grow spiritually? Yeah, I think um, for us, um, we want to, again, put the person first. I believe that the greatest responsibility that God has given us to steward is another person. And when we steward them well and prepare them well, then we're going to certainly multiply our ministry. So we begin our 15-5 is what we call it. A lot of people call it that, but we're not using the 15-5 structure that is, um, you know, as a part of that true 15-5 program. Uh, So it's just been like prayer and care. How are you and your family doing? How can I pray for you? And mm-hmm. that is the first part of every meeting. And mm-hmm. and we still have to, we still struggle and continually remind and even train supervisors that people know the authenticity of that. It's not a box right. to check. It's a moment to <laughs> yes. sit in. Yep. And you just have to pause and wait on it and really listen. And so that that's a big piece of it. And then we get into some of those um, uh, EHS principles of how do you Sabbath? Uh, how will you Sabbath next month? And we have another piece of what we call E4 conversations. It's mm-hmm. um, enlist, equip, empower, and encourage. And so That's cool. we, we ask that. We just say, all right, who did you E4 this past month? Because that's a key piece in cascading this health downward. Um, and so then we'll say, you know, which E4 did you use? Uh, tell me how those conversations went. So it's more conversational and relational than it is a monthly document to put in your file. Um, we want this to feed into everything we do. And then we, last thing we do is talk about, you know, our projects, your next 30 day priorities. Um, and then we talk through a piece of our commitments as part of that be before do. I put people. I huddle well, I stay 100%, work hard. And we grade those A to, a to F so that we're not surprised by any conversations. Hmm. And you, are you doing that grading, like, so at all the, so it sounds like you're doing monthly one-on-ones. So are you are you grading that throughout the entire year? Or are those, all of those, those pieces happening, kind of constant feedback during the year? Uh, we're doing it every month with the same document that then okay. um, our supervisors will look at those and evaluate those quarterly, similarly, annually, and it'll feed into, it'll use those as a part of the annual review. Yeah, I love that. Again, just pulling out a best practice there. People um, do not want, and this is for listeners, obviously, people do not want to come to the end of the year uh, or the beginning of the year or whatever the annual review looks like and uh, and be surprised. That that should, if you if that's happening, then something's not gone right. You know, oh, there yeah. it, it really should be a, a summation of here are all the conversations we've been having over this last year. Here's some great progress. Here's some areas where we're still working on. Man, this is let's chart out what the next year looks like. Yeah. I love that. You know, and that sounds like you have like a is that like a like a common tool? Like you've actually have developed a here's like a a one pager, you know, whether it's a Google Doc or something like that, that yeah. you're getting all your supervisors to go through. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. Yeah, I'm happy to share that if anybody at the end there want to email me. But then this feeds into yeah, we break down our annual reviews and 
three segments of staff commitments, which ties to those things that are on that uh, 15.5 document I mentioned. Um, right. And then the other section is is really focused on spiritual behavior and practices, which goes back to mm-hmm. that EHS, the Sabbath solitude, modeling God's love, et cetera. And then the last part is your ministry role with your performance and your E4 multiplication. So we've tried to tie all these principles into our behaviors along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Um, that's that's uh, no, no. So then, this last year, obviously, twenty twenty has been quite the year. How <laughs> has uh, all of that been impacted? Uh, I, like, I look at it as an outsider, thinking, "Man, God gave your team a real um, boost. You got a head start on like, hey, there's some tough times coming, and you were able to get a- ahead of that." But how has that kind of been um, impacted this year? What what kind of you know, with everything that went on, um, you know, how is the, this kind of staff process and your ability to continue to see people take steps closer? Uh, what, what, how has that been amp- impacted? Uh, it has been impacted, but I think you're right, Rich, that um, we, we look back and talk about how God uh, really guided us to do some of these things in advance. And by his grace, uh, we had a pretty solid system in place. We just had to convert a lot of it over to virtual. Um, and then, you know, so I had to kind of build something that were some good practices on how to do these things in a virtual environment, uh, how to lead a team virtually, um, you know, during this season. So uh, it did hurt us just like everybody else. I would be uh, um, denied reality if I said, hey, that COVID didn't have an impact on moving this forward. Right. I just finished up a deep dive with one of our campuses and their staff and looking at staff health. And it is a result of COVID. Uh, had a new campus pastor come in three months before COVID hit. COVID hit, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> trying to lead through that as a new guy is difficult. Yep. Uh, so it did. This I wouldn't say it slowed us down, but it helped us be more intentional and careful, which I think will serve us well in the long term. So then when you look to the future, are there kind of aspects of your kind of care for and development of your team that you're looking forward to adding to or maybe questions you're wondering about or things that you're thinking, "Hmm, maybe this could be something as we look to the future, we could we could do a little bit different or improve our process. Yeah, I think, you know, just future church in general, some of the things we're talking about is certainly the digital frontier that everybody's talking about uh, and making sure that's. Uh, a pastoral type approach. Um, mm-hmm. Even your um, your blog that just came out with old approaches um, using the old <laughs> yes. school communication. We have been for a year been calling everybody who attends our church, our each Love one it. of our campus, break it down, make personal calls, and our staff's been just as moved by it as as the people have been because it's reconnected them to the staff. It also helps us identify so many needs that are out there that may not be shared in, in, in a regular environment. Uh, so I think old approaches with new hearts is kind of what I've written mm, down to that's kind of good. engagement, participation. But, um, you know, we're, we're looking, I'm working with my HR uh, manager to do some listening tours as a part of our staff mm. care. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. going to go to each campus and talk about self-care. We're going to talk about uh, emotionally healthy spirituality being with God before doing for God and all of those aspects and then breaking them down to a different coaching environment. I've started having a um, two or three coaching calls or either in person with staff people 
as well as my HR director, she does them with the females uh, there okay. as well. Yep. So, yep. Um, so I think that continuing putting prayer first, chapel, listening to our staff care is, is going to be the front and center of everything we do in 2021. Hmm. That's really cool. Well, you've provided a, a tool here, a, a bit of a write-up on relaunching as a remote staff. This is obviously a piece that you put together earlier this year. Um, this is a, a great PDF. There's some really good stuff in here. I wonder if you could kind of preview it to us a little bit, give us a sense of, you know, what what is this document contain and, and, and why would it be helpful for people that are listening in? Yeah, it is a chapter out of a forthcoming book with Nick Nicolau and a bunch of other leaders around the country called Working Remotely, a Framework for Success. And what that was birthed out of was COVID, obviously, but uh, it's a tool that can help you lead more intentionally and um, with more connectivity in a digital world through Zoom, Google Hangout, um, whatever method you're using there, whether it's Microsoft Teams. And, And it also will help you not to try to micromanage what you don't see. Mm. Um, and I think that's where as guilters, as leaders, we sometimes get guilty and in, in trying to think, well, we can't see them. We don't know what they're doing. I wonder. Right. And that just yes. conveys suspicion. And yes. so it is to help develop trust is to give you some key tools that you can use in leading staff remotely that I think will not only convey trust, but build trust. And when you build that trust, you're going to go deeper as a staff and it just builds that bridge of relationship that, uh, of influence and you can have the, the right conversations with them. Yeah, that's fantastic. One of the things I think you hit on something really key there around, you know, this whole area of trust and do we trust our people? And, you know, when if if our management style de- before all this depended on us being able to like look over the back de- you know over the back of the person while they're sitting at their desk working yeah. it wasn't a great leadership style no. um and obviously that's been exposed in this season um and you know we all have to find a, a, a better path forward and in some ways that's that can be a gift to us if we have felt that tension to be like no actually um, you know, we can build a more trusting work environment long term that will ultimately, you know, I, I think, um, you know, get even better for our our people. Now, when you yeah. think about um, just... on the management of people side, the kind of, um, you know, what we're doing to ensure that the teams that are um, developing under us, the teams that are are leading with us, um, if you were to give kind of out of everything that you've done, if you were to give kind of a, just a few first steps that you would try to encourage a leader, say there's an executive pastor listening in who's thinking, yeah, I want to maybe in these early days take a few steps forward on this, um, you know, this side of the equation. How do I help my team become more spiritually vital uh, and, you know, work together more closely? What would be some of those first steps out of all the things we've talked about that you would recommend people take? Um for me, I feel like the first step is really to evaluate where you are. You know, get, learn, develop a tool or just do a listening tour like we're talking about to get mm-hmm. a feel of the spiritual temperature and the emotional temperature of your teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we know that as we go into 2021 in the future, um, that the pressure is not going to get less. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue mm-hmm. to be more. It'll change, look differently. Um, mm-hmm. but um, we've all in our lifetime seen change exponentially get faster. And mm-hmm. now after COVID, there's been so much change this year that I don't think it's going to slow down that, that movement at all. So, 
Right. Um, I think really evaluating where you are at that point and then look at your organizational values. If you don't have any, you certainly need to establish some, but think about, are you doing the right things that feed into those values into that mission mm-hmm. that you have called before you in our case, you know, reaching all walks of life was one. So we really had to evaluate how we even help people in benevolence. Are we right. serving them well in this? So, uh, comparing those with your values and then uh, also just looking at your, your, I'm trying to think of the right word, your individual staff persons, not just personality or their profiles, but their heartbeat of who they are. Can they truly align with who you are as an organization? And if they aren't, how do you get them there? So I think assessing where you are, uh, looking to where you want to be and making sure you run it through the grid of all your values of, of the organization. That's so good. Well, Daryl, I really appreciate this. Is there anything else you'd like to share uh, with us just before we wrap up today's uh, conversation? No, not that I think can think of. I think it just, for me, has been, we just really have to uh, really seek God, spend a lot of time in prayer on what he wants specifically for all of us as leaders and executive pastors and to, uh, we're all in this together to help each other do it. And that's what I've found Love my it. success is, is just people like yourself and other executive pastors around the country, find a community where you can share, where you can network with, that you can brain spark, get ideas and bounce things off of. Oh, it's so true. You know, we've, I think we've seen that particularly here in 2020, how important it is to have a group of friends, right? Like other people yeah. who are serving in, in similar roles or maybe a slightly larger church or maybe even slightly smaller church who are, you know, in that same kind of role to be able to pick up the phone and say, Hey, like this is the dynamic that we're experiencing at our church. What, what's happening over there? Um, it's amazing how those kind of relationships can make such a difference to us as we lead. Um, because, you know, I think they're obviously 2020 taught us that Hey, we're going to, we're going to come across some stuff that nobody's come across before, but you know, I really do think that 2021, 2022, that's not really going to stop. Even if COVID goes away, there's still new dynamics on the horizon that we've got to wrestle through. So yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Appreciate it. I I have two different executive pastor groups that I'm a part of one I lead. And then the other one I participate in for accountability and and care as well. And to just get ideas from, so just encourage to find a group and I'll do it. If you're not plugged into one, I'm, you know, certainly yourself, but they can email me. I have a monthly call and um, perfect. We just, we have to do this together. Oh, absolutely. Well, Daryl, I appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you or track with the church and kind of connect a little bit, which I'd encourage people to do, this is a great church you should be following along with. Where, where can we send them? Uh, our website is, is simply rockbridge.cc. Perfect. Um, and for me, my email is just Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L-L at rockbridge.cc. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Daryl. I really appreciate you uh, being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter 
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.